Hello? Anybody home? Today, I want you to open your mind. I've almost come to the conclusion that the story is so damning that the mass of people can't deal with it. We are in process of developing a whole series of techniques to get people actually to love their servitude. We face a hostile ideology, global in scope, atheistic in character, ruthless in purpose and insidious in method. For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence. To change the minds and the attitudes and the beliefs of the people of the world, especially the United States, to bring about one world socialist totalitarian government. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. It has patterned itself after every dictator who has ever planted the ripping imprint of a boot on the pages of history since the beginning of time. Brutes have risen to power, but they lie. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. If you can get people to consent to the state of affairs in which they are living, then you have a much more easily controllable society than you would if you were relying only on clubs and firing squads and concentration camps. Tools of conquest do not necessarily come with bombs and explosions and fallout. There are weapons that are simply thoughts, attitudes, prejudices, to be found only in the minds of men. As you connect the dots between different people, organizations, places, religions, history, suddenly the picture starts to form. If you don't connect the dots, it's just a mass of what's all this about. The kingdom of God is within man, not one man, nor a group of men, but in all men, in you, you the people have the power to make this life free and beautiful, to make this life a wonderful adventure. Someone born in the United States is not more special than someone born in Mexico. Someone who is white is not more special than someone who is black. They're just vehicles for the consciousness to experience. War is peace. Freedom is slavery. Ignorance is strength. They do not want your children to be educated. They do not want you to think too much. It was learned that the aliens had been and were then manipulating masses of people through secret societies, witchcraft, magic, the occult, and religion. They reach into our children. Music, television, books. Prey on children's innocence. How can I disprove lies that are stamped with an official seal? So if you have the opportunity to stand next to one of these machines, it feels like an altar to an alien god. Genetic power is the most awesome force the planet's ever seen, but you wield it like a kid that's found his dad's gun. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc is now in the possession of the Army. Too many others know what's happening out there, and no one, no government agency has jurisdiction over the truth. Any state, any entity, any ideology that fails to recognize the worth, the dignity, the rights of man, that state is obsolete. A case to be filed under M for Mankind in the Twilight Zone. About time some of you got acquainted with the real hard truth. It's the heart that says, I will not acquiesce. Across the gulf of space, intellects vast and cool and unsympathetic regarded our planet with envious eyes. Each of us, when separated, is always looking for our other half. And the desire and the pursuit of the whole is called love. Heart perception will change everything. Freedom is the privilege to be right. Freedom from the disasters of our mistakes.
Broadcasting from the Sonoran Desert, I'm your host Ryan Gable, and this is The Secret Teachings Radio. If you'd like to contact the show, you can contact us through email, rdgable at yahoo.com. You can find us on Twitter, TST underscore underscore radio, and on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash The Secret Teachings. Our website, www.thesecretteachings.info, has all of our shows in a big archive. You can listen, you can stream, you can download, and you can also find links to the various radio and podcast players. That archive is monetized, though, so if you want to get rid of those monetized advertisements, get early access to the show, access to the montages, and a private RSS feed for your radio podcast player, please subscribe to our full show archive on the website. It's pretty simple to do so. I keep the website very simple, sort of archaic even, just to make it really easy to navigate. If you have any questions, you can always email us. If you subscribe, we're here. If you buy one of my books available on the website, we are here. If you don't, we're not here. Monday through Friday, five nights a week, 10 p.m. to midnight Pacific, right after Ground Zero and Clyde Lewis. Thank you so much for coming over and listening to The Secret Teachings after Ground Zero. Similar shows, but sometimes we do things a little bit differently. And tonight I want to do something totally different, something that you've probably never heard before in late night radio. Or it's something you've heard but you've heard it with certain forms of political radio or you've heard it in opposition in other forms of political radio. Tonight, I want to tell you, in recapping and taking what we discussed last night, I want to tell you about something that, well, if you pay attention, if you listen, I think you're going to find this interesting. Last night, we discussed how Dutch farmers are rebelling against their government's regulation of nitrogen, fertilizers, and cattle. Now, I made a comparison last night to the Soviet Union, and I said that the Soviet Union did something very uh, very similar to uh, the Ukrainians back in the early 1930s. The Soviet Union came into the Ukraine, Soviet territory, Soviet-occupied Ukraine, and they took their grain... And they took their cattle, and millions of people starved. In fact, millions of people were starving and dying and being murdered in the Ukraine, not to mention other Soviet territories, not to mention the Bolshevik uprising in the, uh, the year 1917, 1918, even you know a year before that. But 1917, the Bolshevik uprising, the communist revolution in Russia, millions of people, millions of people slaughtered by that system. And I found it to be an interesting parallel that the Netherlands government is now restricting the ability to produce food and restricting access to cattle or to animal agriculture, despite the fact that the Netherlands is the second largest, sort of hard to put that into perspective, the Netherlands is the second largest agricultural exporter in the world. And shutting off agricultural exports there, the fourth largest grain exporter, the Ukraine, shutting off grain exports there. And Russia, the number one exporter of nitrogen fertilizers, shutting off exports there, is bound to present some form of 
of agricultural and food issues. There's no doubt about that. Which is what Henry Kissinger once said. He said, control the oil and you control nations, control the food and you control people. At the beginning of the 21st century, back into the 90s, a lot of discussion was on oil, right? And we had the, we had the Gulf War, we had the, the war or the occupation of Iraq under the second Bush administration, and we had people that, hold, that would hold up signs that said things like, you know, no blood for oil. And, you know, I even went to some of those types of protests. They, I mean, I was still in high school back then, but uh, in 2009, when I was out of high school, 2009, 2010, I got involved in some groups that were still sort of protesting, you know, the war and all that. And that's control oil and you control nations. Now, control the food and you control the people. Now, this is, this is a newer thing, perhaps, to Americans, but it's not a new thing in history. Controlling food throughout history has been a common tactic of governments and especially extremist left-wing governments that seek to allow people to die or to simply murder people in the process of obtaining and maintaining their power. So we're told because we need to save the planet and because lockdowns worked so well, wink, wink, for this so-called pandemic, we need to issue those lockdowns again. And of course, you know, you know the whole story because we discussed it last night and I don't want to go into a, a full scale segment recap tonight, but just so you have a little bit of an idea what we discussed last night and where we might be going tonight. So you have this, this issue with food and we've been told that we should eat bugs by the world economic forum. We've been told we should eat bugs by CNN and these are things that, you know, if you bring this up with your family, it's really unlikely that people are going to believe you unless they watched CNN and then they might believe that that's a good thing. Why are you upset about eating bugs? That's a good thing. We can save the planet. It helps minorities, right? All this similar, you know, equitable uh, so-called equality rhetoric and, and jargon. So you realize that some schools, there are schools in Florida, for example, a uh, friend of mine who's a teacher there, and there are schools in Florida that are literally teaching children that they will be eating bugs. This is a thing. So children are being taught this in school. Now, you might wonder, why would you need to eat bugs? There's so much food in the world, especially in the United States. There's so much food here. We don't know what to do with it. We throw 40% of it out on average. We don't know what to do with the food. We have so much of it. That might not be the case for long, or it might be the case for a long time still in the United States, but a lot, of, a lot of the rest of the world is going to suffer immensely from these decisions like the restriction of nitrogen and the restrictions on carbon emissions, etc. What they don't tell you is plants need carbon, plants need nitrogen. And in fact, if plants don't have carbon dioxide, the, 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 the lower the amount in the atmosphere, then the plants actually lose water. So less carbon dioxide means more drought for plants anyway. More carbon dioxide for plants means less drought. It also means bigger plants. Nitrogen is the, the biggest thing that plants absorb, and with more nitrogen, plants grow really, really big, and they grow really, really fast, and they grow even more nutritious. Now, this is all based on plant science. Now, I'm not a plant scientist. I'm just reading what other plant scientists have written and have declared. 
And a lot of this is pretty standard basic, I think, in my, my view, it's pretty standard basic 101 uh, plant science. It's agricultural science. It's farming. It's, it's, it's pretty simple stuff for those of you who, who, who might know a little bit about it. So before we get to the bugs, though, we have to be convinced that the legacy systems of the food that we consume, they have to be eliminated. They have to be eradicated. So we get alternative brands of animal products like milk and cheese and even alternative forms of eggs and we get alternative forms of meat. Now, personally, I have no issue with, you know, a, a, a so-called fake cheese. I'll, I'll give you some practical um, things that you can do yourself at home tonight as we go through the show. One of them is if you take cashews and you grind them up in a spice grinder, maybe, maybe you have a blender, and you grind them up with maybe like a small spoon of, I don't know the exact measurements, I just eyeball it, but it's my own little recipe, a small spoonful of garlic powder, half a spoonful of onion powder. Personally, I put black cumin in it, a little bit of black cumin, and a little bit of salt. And you don't need to use all that, but if you put that into it, you make a Parmesan cheese. I like stuff like that because for those of you who might have missed last night's show, I don't eat meat, I don't eat dairy products, and I barely eat anything that's even processed. That's a choice based on the science, based on the literature, based on the countless studies and the decades of, of evidence that shows that a plant-based diet is the healthiest way to, to, to eat. You know, so long as you're doing it responsibly. And here's the thing that always gets me when people tell me, well, a plant-based diet is dangerous because you don't get all the nutrients you need. Well, if you're just eating meat all the time, you're also not getting the nutrients that you need. You need you're, you're also missing a lot if you're just eating meat. So it goes both ways. An irresponsible diet of people that only eat baby carrots is no different than an irresponsible diet of people that only eat little brown sticks called sausages. It goes both ways. So I don't eat that stuff. And sometimes I'll make a fake cheese. You know, if I'm making like, I made a cauliflower pasta the other night, for example, and that cauliflower pasta, very simple, onions, garlic, in a, in a skillet with a little bit of water, don't even need oil. You put the cauliflower in and then you blend it up when it gets soft. Uh, you put a little bit of salt in the in the blender, and then you pour that over pasta, and you sprinkle the Parmesan cheese, the cashews over top. It's I honestly I can't tell the difference. So these are things that I do myself. These are things that I do practically, and I and I've done them for like a decade now. I don't do them because Bill Gates wants me to do them. I don't do them because Greenpeace or the World Wildlife Fund wants me to do them. I, I certainly don't do them because CNN wants me to do them. In fact. I shouldn't even say that because the way that I eat, for example, is nothing like Bill Gates, nothing like the World Wildlife Fund, nothing like the UN or the World Economic Forum or CNN wants me to eat. They want me to eat bugs, which I find to be atrocious. The, the idea that we should eat bugs and we should just skip the alternatives to so-called, you know, uh, you know, uh, let's call it just animal agriculture for lack of a better all-encompassing term. There are plenty of alternatives, right? I mean, you can make the fake cheese. You can, I mean, I like oat milk. Put some water in, a, put a cup of oats, maybe a cup and a half of water into a blender, uh, maybe two cups of water. Blend it up, and you've got oat milk if you strain it. It's really, really simple. You don't have to buy it at the store. Or you could, you know, you could make coconut milk. You could. Some people make almond milk. A uh, little bit more difficult, but you can do that. 
personally, I, I don't really like milk of any kind. I'll drink oat milk if I'm eating like a granola type cereal, but I don't li- I don't really like milk. But there are all there's alternatives to milk and there's alternatives to cheese and you can find alternatives to anything. Now, a lot of times people are buying these things because they have allergies. They can't eat dairy. They cannot eat, uh, you know, certain forms of of animal products. And that's not, uh, you know, a, a thing where people are making that decision again because of the World Economic Forum. They're making that decision because they if they eat, you know, dairy or eggs uh, or if they, you know, they eat some cheese or drink some milk, they'll they'll have an allergic reaction. Some some people will have a severe allergic reaction and die. My sister would go into anaphylactic shock when I was a kid if she even her even milk even touched her skin. And the funny thing is, you know, when you drink milk, milk's one of those things where when you you drink it, everybody kind of feels, even when you're adapted to it, if you, if you stop drinking milk, this is what I found. I mean, milk always made my throat itchy, but when I stopped drinking milk, I realized I could breathe better. And in fact, a lot of babies, when they're on a milk-based formula, like a dairy-based formula, they have trouble breathing. They have trouble digesting their food. They have trouble, uh, you know, pooping because the milk is literally so toxic to the body. It's so acidic to the body that the body doesn't know what to do with it. You, you produce this phlegm. You can't breathe. You're coughing. You're raspy. You have a sore throat. Now, I'm not saying everybody that drinks milk experiences that, but a lot of people and especially a lot of children who have these, these problems especially children that have severe allergies, it's a very real thing. So there need to be alternatives to, to these types of standard, uh, you know, American uh, uh, diets so people don't, <laughs> people don't die, you know, and, and, and they need to be aware of what they're allergic to. And allergies don't always mean anaphylactic shock. Allergies mean that you get a really itchy throat and, you, and maybe it's a little difficult to breathe, but you don't go into full anaphylactic shock. That means you're allergic to it. That means your body's reacting to it and you probably shouldn't be drinking it. What I'm discussing in relation to contemporary events is not a new idea. This idea goes back into ancient Greece. It goes back into ancient Rome. And for those of you who enjoy studying the paranormal, it is at the heart of paranormal investigation. I've had psychics on the show before. I had, a, I had one psychic on. Her name was Cassandra Blizzard, one of the only psychics I believed who was actually psychic that I've interviewed about five years ago. And Cassandra Blizzard not only was a, was a psychic, but she was a very humble person. She's a very humble psychic. And she also had a degree in nutrition. And I, and I asked her at the end of the episode, one of the episodes we did, I said, you've got this degree in nutrition. I said, do you think that eating a plant-based diet without the meats and the dairy and things like that. Do you think that that's a better way or, you know, maybe the best way? I'm, I don't know. Well, what do you think? I asked her uh, to have psychic abilities or to communicate with spirits or whatever. And she said, absolutely. She said, if you eat, and she said this was in her experience and based on the literature, in eating a more plant-based diet, she's able to get clearer uh, messages, let's call them. And I thought that was fascinating. I mean, like, who's asking that question or who's, it's not, that doesn't make me special. I'm just saying who's asking that question. When is that discussion had when we're talking about the paranormal? You know, I go to, you know, go to a paranormal event or something and, and, and most people are pretty unhealthy. And most people in radio are pretty unhealthy. I was pretty unhealthy. I still have some health problems. But I, I don't want to just let those health problems just persist. I want to figure out a way to, to take care of them. 
And, you know, there are always so many factors and there's so much context that needs to be had to, to, to anything, especially to, to a subject like this. But when you're talking about psychic abilities or when you're talking about communicating with ghosts or paranormal investigations, the more you abstain from what, what some would refer to as carnism, the easier it is, according to this one psychic I talked to, and I think it also makes logical sense, the easier it is to have those communications. You find this tradition of having initiates to certain schools of mystery and, uh, and let's call it intellect, schools of mystery, schools of intellect, the mystery schools. They would abstain from not only meat, they would abstain from alcohol. They would uh, avoid sexual intimacy. Now, not necessarily all the time, but before they would go into the final stages of initiation uh, or even the, initi- uh, the initial stages of initiation because the idea was by eating animal flesh, you were confining yourself to the suffering of that animal and you're confining yourself to the, the well, this is a Sedona-like term, being here in Arizona, a Sedona-like term, the negative energy of the animal. And likewise, drinking alcohol. Why do you think they call it spirits? Because our ancestors thought, well, it makes us do weird things. It's almost like something's possessing us. So it's probably a spirit in that bottle. That's why we call it spirits. So spirits were not something you drank in the mystery school. Spirits were not something you drank if you were attempting to acquire a higher state of thought. You did not eat animal flesh for the same reason. And you certainly did not, not that sex is a bad thing, but you certainly did not make yourself impure in an animalistic way before you were to go before the creator and the creative elements and the creative spirits of our world. So these things made a lot of sense. You wouldn't drink alcohol. You wouldn't have sexual intimacy or you really wouldn't even have social contact of any kind, you know, kind of like social distancing, but not really. And then you would definitely not eat meat because these things would prevent you from communicating with spirits or communicating with, you know, the divine. And the idea is, likewise, with purification rituals. You don't want to go before the divine or go before you know, these, these spirits uh, unclean. And that's how you know if a magician is really a, a white magician or not, if they're cleansing themselves before their rituals, if they're taking care of themselves and respecting the body, body that is a temple. And if they're not doing those things, then they're, I mean, they might not be a black magician, but their magic becomes a little more gray. Their intentions are harder to discern if their mind is not in the right place. And that starts with a clean space and it starts with a clean body. And it also starts with a clean and pure diet. So these are the ideas, these are the concepts that are embodied, that are enshrined in the ancient mystery schools. They're enshrined in the secret teachings of all ages. They're enshrined in all those mystical, mythical, philosophical, magical things about the past that so many of you, like myself, really are fascinated with and, and, and we really enjoy. So why is it that some would want us to eat meat? And why is it would, would some want us to eat you know, insects? I don't know why everybody would want you to eat meat. I don't know why everybody would want you to eat insects. I know some people say that we should eat insects because we have to save the environment save the planet, and that's because we have to get rid of animals and animal agriculture. Some would say you have to eat meat because you can't get all the 
you know, all the, the, the different things that you need in the vegetables, oh, like, you know, protein and things like this. Uh, they don't tell you that, you know, if you're just concerned about protein, there's just as much protein if you take a piece of chicken as there is in like, what is it, a, a cup and a half of oats? Or there's as much protein in a cup of broccoli and a cup and less than a cup of brown rice? You get the same amount of protein. Oh, but it's animal protein. Okay, well, where do you think the animals get the protein from when they eat the plants? And they convert the plants into protein. So I know why people might want you to eat bugs, I guess. I guess it's because they want to save, you know, the animals. And they want to save the planet. And then I guess I understand why people want you to eat meat. They think that you can't get, you know, nutrition from plants, which is absurd because the animals get their nutrition from plants. And I really, I really don't want to sit here and advocate because that's not my intention. I don't want to advocate for a plant-based diet. I'm simply saying if you think about eating plants, and that doesn't mean eating an apple or eating a carrot, uh, because if you do that, it's no different than people that just eat big chunks of meat with duck fat every night. It doesn't do your body any good. Eating baby carrots or an apple all the time, every day for every meal, it, you're going to be malnourished. So just like when you eat meat, you can make meat like most of the rest of the world, part of a nutritious diet, as long as you're not eating large amounts of meat three times a day, seven days a week. That's not, that's not good. So when you look at these things, people like myself, I have a plant-based diet because I've read virtually everything I could get my hands on, everything that's been published from Dean Ornish's study in the late 90s to the China study that goes back decades and decades and decades to the Broad study and so many others. However, I'm not advocating for you to eat that way because of the World Economic Forum. But I think that when we're talking about alternative milks and cheeses and alternative meats and eating insects, it's not that we should do that to save the planet. We're not being told that there's a way to eat like that without all these alternative processed foods and rather than being shown the, the 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 healthy way to do it we're being shown this unhealthy you know non-nutritious way of doing it and that's suspicious because if if you really wanted to convince people to not eat those things and instead to eat a plant-based diet you would show them how easy it is how simple it is how cheap it is and how you know delicious it is so when people are advocating for the opposite, that tells me that something is wrong, something is off, something is amiss. And I'm going to tell you more about that and the ancient mystery schools tonight on The Secret Teachings. I'm Ryan Gable. There's more after this. Please stick around. I hope that you're enjoying the show, and I hope and I think you'll enjoy the rest of tonight's broadcast. Don't go anywhere. The Secret Teachings radio show is on Facebook and Twitter. Just search facebook.com forward slash The Secret Teachings to like us and TST underscore underscore radio to tweet with us. This is David Icke from davidike.com, author of The Phantom Self and The Perception Deception. And you are listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. From ground zero to The Secret Teachings. Keep your dial tuned to Ground Zero Radio. You could listen to this. And again, you know, people say David has no evidence. David has no evidence. I hate this channel. Or you could listen to The Secret Teachings with myself, Ryan Gable, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. Join us to explore the outer limits of history, symbolism, parapolitics, and more. We'll explore a little bit of everything, but don't take my word for it. I'm kind of like you. I'm a last of a dying breed, a generalist. That's The Secret Teachings, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. 
Are you intrigued by Paranormal Talk Radio? You'll love the new Paranormal Radio app from TalkStream Live. You'll find a great selection of talk shows covering UFOs, ghosts, strange phenomena, and much more. Download the Paranormal Radio app now and start listening to the very best in Paranormal Talk entertainment, including the network you're listening to right now, the Paranormal Radio app, free in Google Play and the iOS App Store. If you enjoy the secret teachings and want to hold years of Ryan's research in your hands, visit the website and grab a physical and digital copy of Ryan's books. Occult Arcana will introduce you to sacred myths, folklore, magic, and alchemy. The technological elixir will take you from transhumanism and AI to black goo and UFOs. Food philosophy will change your mind about what we call food, germ theory, and geoengineering. And remember, shipping is always included. Some restrictions exist for international. Visit thesecretteachings.info. People ask me all the time what they can do to take control of their lives when facing a daily onslaught of dis and misinformation. I say take control of your body and mind with water filtration. Visit www.thesecretteachings.info and click on our affiliate sponsor link with Pro One Water Filters at the top of the page to search for a water filter for the home, camping trip, and even the shower. They filter countless contaminants and make a wonderful gift for friends, family, and yourself. That's Pro One Water Filters at thesecretteachings.info. This is one of the best discussions I've been on in a long time. You guys are right on it. Howdy, this is Joe Mars, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. If anyone can hear this broadcast, I'm still on Earth. This is the frequency of Ground Zero Radio, Ground Zero with Clyde Lewis, and The Secret Teachings with myself, Brian Gable. Ryan Gable, your host, and this is the Secret Teachings Radio Broadcast, Monday through Friday, 10 p.m. to midnight Pacific. Thank you so much for tuning in to the show tonight. When we're told to eat bugs to save the world, to save the planet, and sometimes we're told if you want to eat meat and cheese and drink milk, there's alternatives to that. But I wonder why the World Economic Forum... And I wonder why the United Nations and I wonder why certain political movements don't tell you, they don't even allude to, they don't even imply that eating that way can be fun, cheap, and incredibly delicious. I wonder why they just jump right to the fake meat burgers and they jump right to the bugs. Now, I understand that because I've heard these arguments. This is one of the things I've done longer than anything else in radio. I've heard, I think, every argument. What I'm saying on tonight's show usually ticks off meat eaters and people that don't eat meat. Because I'm telling you that if you want to eat meat, that's fine. That's not the point. And if you want to eat plants and you want to eat a plant-based burger, that's fine. But there are political things involved that really obscure and obfuscate both sides of that debate. For example, we are told that to save the planet we need to eat bugs. And if bugs really aren't your thing yet, if you haven't accepted that yet, 
there are alternatives to meat. You can eat these alternative, you know, burgers. Meatless Farm Company and Kellogg's have something called the Incognito. Then there are two other brands on the market called Beyond Burger and Impossible Burger. And there's a lot of fake food fast, that's what I call fast food, fake food fast chains that have also entered the market, like McDonald's, where they have a burger called the McPlant. Both the Beyond and the Impossible Burgers are classified as vegan, but the um, Impossible Burger is also certified for those of you who are interested in halal and, and kosher. Now, I personally am not advocating to eat these burgers. I think that they are disgusting. I, I agree with meat eaters. I think that the incognito is disgusting. I think the impossible burger is disgusting. I think Beyond Burger is disgusting. If I'm going to eat a burger, I am going to eat a vegetable burger. Personally, that's my personal preference. I don't like these fake meat burgers. I think that they're gross. In fact, most of these burgers are not burgers, of course, by the way that meat eaters define them. Most of these burgers are just made out of highly processed and mostly genetically modified materials. And they don't really offer us a better solution to meat. It might seem like it, it might feel like it, but since most soy is genetically modified, it's in the upwards of 90 plus percent, not all soy, but most soy is genetically modified. If it's organic, it's not legally allowed to be modified, but there's cross-contamination and we don't know what's happening with the genes. But regardless of that, most soy is genetically modified. So if soy is genetically modified, there are going to be a lot of chemicals, you know, herbicides, pesticides, insecticides that are sprayed on that soy. And even making room, making a room for soy uh, crops by getting rid of animal agriculture or moving, you know, animal agriculture or replacing it. This means that like a lot of genetically modified corn, we're going to be spraying a large amount of, of chemicals and that's going to be absorbed into the ground, into the groundwater. And that's probably not a good idea. Probably not a good thing. Now, don't get me wrong. Animal agriculture is very polluting. It's very toxic. When you look, you drive by a farm and you see the, the, the crowded cows and you see all the, you know, the, the animal carcasses. Um, to me, that's really disgusting. That's gross. And a lot of people that eat meat don't even want to see it because they don't want to see what they're eating, which I find to just be a little childish and immature. But they don't want to see it because they know it's horrific. Some people are okay with it. Maybe they are. Maybe they aren't. Maybe they're pretending they are. I don't know. I don't really care. My point is animal agriculture, to the extent that it exists today, can be detrimental. But we're throwing the cow out with the trough. We're throwing the baby out with the bathwater because if you have a small farm, I'm not saying small as in like one cow. I'm saying if you have a small farm, even of you know, 100 cows, there's a way to run that farm which is sustainable. In fact, having a farm with chickens and cows and different animals and maybe it's a sanctuary as well as, you know, you're getting your eggs and you're getting your milk and, you're, and eventually you slaughter the cow and you have meat, that is more sustainable than these impossible, beyond burger incognito patties. Because those things are made with genetically modified soy. Some parts of them are supposed to be organic. Some parts of them are supposed to be fortified with vitamins and minerals. And 
some parts of them are supposed to be organic, but you know, but it has other processed things, or it's supposed to be non-genetically modified, but some parts are organic, and it gets really, really confusing. And it's it's supposed to be confusing. You don't know what you're supposed to be eating. So here's a list of the ingredients for those of you who might be interested. To me, if I'm looking at this from a matter of polarity, to for me, this actually puts me on the side of people that eat meat for a moment. Because I agree with you. You have a cow on a farm, a true small farm, even a large farm. If it's done properly, nothing is really more sustainable than that under the current conditions. Processing things in a laboratory is the least sustainable and perhaps the most wasteful and the most unhealthy way of producing food. So here's what's in the Impossible Burger. Water, soy protein concentrate, so immediately you're getting what is likely genetically modified soy, which is very harmful to the environment when you consider how genetically modified soy is grown and how they, just like with corn, how they spray it with various chemicals that then, of course, in large quantities, eventually need more chemicals because weeds and bugs and insects get resistant to them, etc. Number three is coconut oil. So you're basically getting a concentration of chemical-ridden soy protein and a high concentration of virtually what, is, what amounts to almost 100% saturated fat immediately. Then you're getting sunflower oil, and then you're getting natural flavors. And for those of you who don't know about an ingredient list, an ingredient list works by putting the, 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 the number one ingredient first in the sense that what is used the most, and then it trickles down to what is, what is the least in the product. So soy protein, coconut oil, sunflower, and natural flavors. And then you get 2% less of everything else. So 98% of the Impossible Burger is basically a soy protein concentrate. So it's not even soy. It's a protein concentrate, like a protein isolate, which is arguably, even if you're taking plant-based protein powders, probably not something you want to eat a lot. When I have tried protein, um, like pea protein isolate, it completely destroys my digestive system. And I can tell within 48 hours. Soy protein concentrate, coconut oil and sunflower oil, and then natural flavors. Now, natural flavors is what really started me on my journey to learning more about food years ago. And I'm going to tell you a little bit more about natural flavors as the show goes on tonight. Natural flavors means, because there's no really limit on the regulation, natural flavors means anything that tastes natural. So sweet is a natural thing. Sour is a natural thing. Um, you know, hot is a natural thing. Cold is a natural thing. I mean, anything could really be natural. So as long, if something is sweet, it's a natural flavor. It could be, no joke, it could literally be dog urine. It, it could be uh, cat feces. If it's sweet, it's a natural flavor. Uh, look up castorium. Castorium is a little sack next to the, the anus of a beaver. And they use excretions from that sack to make strawberry and raspberry flavor. And they also use it to make, um, d depending on the company, there's uh, debate on you know, how this is, how this is uh, 
uh, classified and who's being honest and who's being not honest because some ice creams really are strawberry, but a lot of ice creams are actually it's vanilla ice cream or just a synthetic vanilla ice cream. And then it's mixed with castorium, which makes it taste like strawberry. <laughs> Don't ask me how anybody figured that out. But literally the, 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 the anal sacs of a beaver are used to make strawberry ice cream. It's just a reality. That's that's how it's made. Not all strawberry ice cream, not all strawberry sorbet, but that's or gelato. But that's how it's that's how it's made. So that's what you're getting. An impossible burger is literally impossible to bite or digest when you understand what's in it and then understand the implications of what those ingredients are. Soy protein concentrate, which even for me will destroy my digestive system. I might just be an individual who that happens to. Not everybody's the same. Coconut oil, which is virtually all saturated fat. Sunflower oil, which is a high concentration processed oil. So it's, you know, more fat. And then natural flavors, which could literally be anything. It could literally be soylent green. Humans are natural. It could be a natural. I'm not saying that, you know, impossible burgers contain humans. I'm saying that it could be natural flavors, technically. And then you get 2% or less of potato protein, methyl cellulose, which I'm assuming it's a cellulose that keeps, it's a binding agent, yeast extract, which is usually not always. I don't know the Impossible Burger if they use yeast extract as yeast or if they use it as MSG because you look at MSG, which I detail in my book, Food Philosophy, MSG has like, I don't, I don't know off the top of my head, it's like dozens of different names. So if you look at a packaged food product and it says no MSG, or you go to like an Asian store, no MSG, but then you look at the ingredient and it says autolyzed yeast extract. Autolyzed yeast extract is MSG. So this yeast extract is not autolyzed, but it's yeast extract, so it might be MSG. It's just, it's just another name for it. That's how they get you. That's the same thing with the natural flavors. Uh, I mean, you know, cat feces is a natural thing, but do you want to eat it? I mean, dogs might eat their poop, but do you want to eat dog poop? I mean, it sounds worse than eating it. I think I'd eat an insect first. Then you have cultured dextrose, which is, you know, sugar, food, starch, modified. And then you get the soy lahemoglobin. The soy lahemoglobin is what makes it bleed. For a lot of people that want to eat plants, you know, they don't want it to bleed. For a lot of people that are trying the alternatives, they probably do want it to bleed so they get a similar texture and feel in their burger. Then they add salt, more soy protein, but this time an isolate, mixed tocopherols, vitamin E, which if you study um, uh, the, the usage of these words, uh, like I have for a long time, tocopherols, vitamin E is usually derived from soy. So if you see tocopherol or mixed tocopherol on a granola or a cereal, it's usually derived from soy, and especially if it's not organic, it's coming from genetically modified soy, if that means anything to you. Same thing with citric acid. Citric acid is not derived from an orange. Citric acid is derived from a, a um, usually uh, a black mold. You can find it on onions, as a matter of fact. Uh, I think it's called asparagus uh, niger, and it, it's a black mold. And they, that's a natural thing, but they also genetically engineer corn and they are able to extract the, the, the mold from the corn. And that's what they used as an 
you'll see it in everything. You'll, it'll, it'll be seen as a, or listed as a preservative. It'll be listed as an antioxidant. It'll be listed as a, um, as a, as an acidifier. It'll be listed as all sorts of different things, but it's usually coming from corn. Uh, in fact, I know for, know that for a fact, I have an email from the company Honest Tea. Honest Tea, I used to drink that a long, long time ago. And then Coca-Cola bought them and started adding natural flavor and citric acid. And so we contacted the company and the company told us they derived their citric acid from corn. So I know that's the case. Toca Ferrell's again comes from soy. Uh, and then it goes on, you know, it's just the fortified, the, the vitamins that they add to it. So that's the Impossible Burger. To me, it sounds totally impossible that anybody would read those ingredients, understand what they mean, and still consume this thing. Okay, I personally, I would go to a farm. This is my opinion. I would buy meat from a farm. I never really liked steak that much. I did eat burgers more so. So if I went to a farm and got ground beef, I would eat ground beef. And for those of you who know me, you know that this is a very powerful statement. <laughs> I don't like meat. I would eat the ground beef from a small farm before I would eat the Impossible Burger because it is grotesque, it is disgusting, it is a slap in the face, and it is an insult, in my view, to plant-based eating. If you really truly want to eat plant-based, then go into the kitchen and make it yourself, or you can go to the store and buy it, but it's really simple. Cook some carrots, cook some lentils, cook some sweet potato, cook some black beans, blend some of it together, mash it, Put some nutritional yeast in it. I mean, you put you can some people use a little bit of flour to hold it together, whatever. Make your own patties, onions, garlic, and then grill them. Uh, or, you know, you could freeze them and then put them on a grill or whatever. But that's a real plant-based burger. That's a real veggie burger. They also make quinoa burgers, which kind of fall apart, so they're not as good. But, you know... Uh, uh, until the company Hillary started putting canola oil in their burgers, I, I would eat those. I... I don't eat that anymore, though, because of that. So I make my own. And if you want a real burger that's a veggie burger, a plant-based burger, that's a plant-based burger. But see, the World Economic Forum and CNN and all your perhaps left-leaning liberal, I love the environment, but I still drive you know, an SUV, or I love the environment, but I'm not a vegan, all those people, uh, they, all the hypocrites, they advocate for this stuff. And they don't tell you that a real plant-based burger is a vegetable burger that doesn't need a lot of science behind it, doesn't need a lot of money behind it to manufacture and make it. It's really simple, and you can get it at pretty much any store, and it's usually really cheap. And depending on where you're shopping, if you go to, let's say, a Natural Grocers or a Kroger or a Publix, it's going to be way cheaper than if you go to a common store like a Safeway or an Albertsons. So... When you see a burger or four burgers in a pack for $10, that's outrageous. Tell Safeway to shove it up their rear end and go to a co-op. It might still seem expensive, but it's still cheaper you know, than buying it at some of these other stores. And that's the, that's the sick thing. You can go to some stores and you find these products that are so much more expensive, but you go to other stores that you'd think they'd be more expensive, but they're actually cheaper. There's a lot of reasons for that, but the point is Impossible Burgers... Big red X. It's disgusting. I'd eat ground beef before I'd eat this. You know, even with the saturated fat in the ground beef, if it was from a small farm, not something from, you know, a Winn-Dixie meat department. 
Now, the Beyond Burger, I'm not going to sit and read the entire list and go through every detail because it's pretty much the same thing. It's pea protein isolate, expeller pressed canola oil, which is one of the top five genetically modified oils, refined coconut oil, so almost 100% natural, uh, uh, natural saturated fats, and then you're going to get cellulose from bamboo. Oh, it's from bamboo. Oh, you know, that'll hold it together. And methyl cellulose, potato starch, and more natural flavor, multidextrin, um, yeast extract, which could, could be MSG, and a whole bunch of other things like vegetable glycerin, sunflower oil, gum arabic, citrus extract to protect quality. That's literally what the ingredient list says. Uh, ascorbic acid, which, which they say is used to maintain color. Ascorbic acid is another name for citric acid. Uh, the only redeeming quality about the Beyond Burger is that it uses beet juice extract for color. That's literally the only thing in this that I would eat. Beet juice extract. So the Beyond Burger gets another big red X. Beyond Burger, Impossible Burger, and the Incognito. All these burgers, gross. I'm not going to eat them. I don't want to touch them. And if I had to make the decision between these and a small farm and getting meat from a small farmer or a small rancher, I would choose the latter. Because this is disgusting, and this is an insult. If you want a plant-based vegetable burger, you can either make it yourself really easily, or you can go to the store and you can buy it. It's going to be a little more expensive, but you could buy it, and it's going to not be anything like this. If you read the back, like there's a company called Sunshine Burgers, and you read the back of their product, it's literally, uh, it, I don't know the ingredients off the top of my head, but it's something to the effect of carrots, uh, onions, uh, uh, usually they have like scallions, like little green onions in there, chives. Uh, maybe they have some sweet potatoes, some black beans, and uh, a, a, a few other vegetables, depending on the type of the burger that you get. Okay, there's no soy hemoglobin. There's no natural flavor. Some burgers have that, and it's, it's garbage. I don't care if it's in a, a, a meat product or a non-meat product. Natural flavor is garbage. So I'm trying to look at this issue from a balanced and objective point of view. My goal is not to convince you to eat plants or to not eat plants or to eat meat or to not eat meat. My goal is to convince you that it's a more complex issue and that whether you're a proponent of a carnivore diet or a plant-based diet, there are many people who have been grossly met, uh, misled by information that is what amounts to one of two things, either raw propaganda, which usually in a subcategory is politically based, or it's companies trying to capitalize on what the public seems to want based on social trends. McDonald's has a McPlant burger, and the McPlant burger could not be anything except the perfect example of companies that don't really care about your health, they don't really care about the planet, they don't really care about nutrition, they care about marketing a product to your more intellectual sensibilities. So based on that, it's not like McDonald's and these other companies were like, oh my God, we want to save the planet. We're going to have the McPlant burger, get rid of all the other cheeseburgers. Are they getting rid of the other cheeseburgers? Are they getting rid of the numbers one, two, three, four, five, whatever they are now? I used to know the McDonald's menu by heart. Are they, are they getting rid of those? Do you, can you still get a Big Mac? Okay, the McDonald's doesn't give a damn about the environment. McDonald's cares about catering to this, usually to the pseudo-environmentalists who are like, well, I want to eat plants, 
um, and I still want to eat at McDonald's, so I'm going to get a McPlant burger. And look, I'm better than you because I have a burger made of plants. No, actually, you have a burger just like Incognito, just like Impossible, just like Beyond. That's mostly made of saturated fat, like animal products. It's mostly made of coconut oil, uh, sunflower oil, and soy. That's, that's pretty much what it is. But be cautious, because if you think, I'm a big man, I need protein, I need meat, and you go to Subway and you decide, let me get that chicken sub. Well, according to independent lab reports and according to lawsuits, Subway's chicken and Subway's tuna in a separate lawsuit and separate reports Subway's, let's do the tuna first. Subway's tuna doesn't even contain tuna. Subway's chicken, most of it is soy. They literally mix chicken byproducts, so it's not even like good chicken. They mix chicken byproduct, or if you see a package that says mechanically separated chicken, it means they've mechanically separated the chicken. (laughs) That means they've literally taken the whole bird, beak, uh, feathers, if they're, I mean, I don't know how they, they, they do this, like if it's a consistent thing. So maybe there's, maybe they pluck all the things off of it, but they, they grind up the bones and the cartilage and the blood and the guts and the feces and the urine and the beak. That's mechanically separated chicken. And I don't mean this, um, hyperbolically. I feel that it should be, uh, considered almost criminal Uh, or criminal. Let's just say I think it should be considered criminal to feed your children chicken McNuggets when they're literally, whether they're McDonald's McNuggets or especially the ones you get at the store that are frozen, when those chicken nuggets are literally just ground up chicken byproduct. It's not even good chicken. Again, if you're going to eat chicken, which has such a high salt content, you'd be better off sticking with red, red, red meat most of the time. Chicken is one of the worst things you can eat if you're trying to to eat healthy. Uh, At least the highly processed chickens. I don't know about small farms. But the way that they produce these, there's so much freaking salt in them. But still, eating that is probably better than eating one of those. And not only, I I used to tell people the process of how they do this. Not only is it mechanically separated chicken, it's just a whole chicken ground up blood and everything. But then they compact it, press it, and then they fry it. So it has a breading. So they fried in oil. And then you dip it in ketchup, which is either genetically modified tomato, or it's mostly made up of high fructose corn syrup, genetically modified corn, or it's both. Or as inside videos at a Heinz factory has shown on at least one occasion, Heinz doesn't give a damn about quality. Heinz will dump giant crates of tomatoes with mold directly into the vat. Just piles of mold and rotting tomatoes because, well, they got to bulk it up somehow. I'm not saying all Heinz ketchup is made that way, but we've seen videos inside factories where that's the case. They don't care about quality. They care about maximizing profits. McDonald's doesn't care about the environment. You think McDonald's cares about the environment? McDonald's cares about marketing the McPlant burger to you so you feel better about yourself supporting McDonald's. That's what McDonald's cares about. So I'm not on board this eat plants, eat things that are highly processed and they throw like a leaf into it so you feel better about yourself. I'm not into that. It doesn't make me feel special. It doesn't make me feel good. It makes me feel gross. The Impossible Burger, Beyond Burger, Incognito, all this stuff, it's just, it's gross. It's really gross. Compare it to a small farm. Small farm's probably probably the better way to go, especially because a small farm is, you know, they do things usually pretty sustainable there. 
But when you blow it up to large scale animal agriculture and you start telling people they have to get off of animal agriculture and they have to get onto these plant burgers and eating insects, something's amiss, something's wrong. Because it's simpler than that, it's, it's cheaper than that, and it's better than that. So why are we not being told? That's my question. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. There's a lot more after this. Don't go anywhere. rdgable at yahoo.com is the email. Thesecretteachings.info is the website. The music tonight, White Bat Audio. There's a lot more after this. Don't go anywhere. Want to hear more of The Secret Teachings radio show? Search for the show on any radio or podcast player or find links and a free archive at thesecretteachings.info. If you want to get rid of those annoying ads and get extra perks like access to the montage archive, digital copies of Ryan's books, and early access to the show, then subscribe to the full show archive at thesecretteachings.info. Visit the website and click the button that says subscribe. You can do so monthly, yearly, or through a one-time donation. Your support always keeps the secret teachings on the air. You are listening to The Secret Teachings. To contact the show, to share information and your opinion, or give recommendations, email rdgable at yahoo.com. Visit the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash The Secret Teachings, or visit the website at www.thesecretteachings.info. This is Linda Godfrey, author of Monsters Among Us, and you are listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. Broadcasting from somewhere between heaven, hell, and purgatory, it's The Secret Teachings on Ground Zero Radio. Release the Kraken! You could listen to this. And again, you know, people say David has no evidence, David has no evidence. I hate this channel. Or you could listen to The Secret Teachings with myself, Ryan Gable, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. Join us to explore the outer limits of history, symbolism, parapolitics, and more. We'll explore a little bit of everything, but don't take my word for it. I'm kind of like you. I'm a last of a dying breed, a generalist. That's The Secret Teachings, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. So, you love talk radio, then you'll love TalkStreamLive.com. TalkStream Live is always on, 24-7, with the best streaming talk shows. Find your favorite talkers and discover some new ones. It's free, readily available online, or on mobile with any smartphone or tablet. Finding your favorite talk shows all in one place has gotten a whole lot easier. Just go to TalkStreamLive.com. Be sure to download the free apps from Google Play or the iTunes App Store. Do you like The Secret Teachings and Ryan's passionately balanced approach to subjects from food and health to the entertainment industry and the occult? Then check out Ryan's books, available in PDF and softcover with free shipping in the United States. For a deeper look into artificial intelligence, UFO cults, black goo, and packs made with the devil in the music and entertainment industry, have a look at the technological elixir. Or look for Ryan's masterpiece, Occult Arcana, an encyclopedia of occult knowledge spanning from mythology and science to symbols and sigils, from ritual magic to voodoo, and from comparative religion and psychic abilities to paranormal activity. Just visit thesecretteachings.info. Think about your hero. 
when you're at ground zero and call out to the follow back to me. Attention, you are tuned into restricted airspace. Tune out immediately. This is the frequency of the secret teachings on Ground Zero Radio. Excuse me, ma'am. Do you know what's in that Krabby Patty you're eating? No. See that? Without all your smoke and mirrors, no one would stomach this garbage. What do you say? Garbage? A whistleblower has come forward to tell consumers about the ground beef a lot of us buy at the supermarket. Is it what we think it is, or is it padded with a filler the whistleblower calls pink slime? Where's the beef? The next time you get a footlong at Subway with chicken on it, ask what you're actually biting into. The Canadian Broadcasting Corporation tested chicken at five major fast food restaurants. Wendy's, McDonald's, you get the idea. Most of the scores were between 85 and 90% chicken DNA. And then there's Subway. Two popular chicken sandwiches they serve had only about half chicken DNA. Subway's results were so shocking, the team tested them again. So what else is in the meat? Soy. That's according to the DNA testing. Well, two customers at Subway say there wasn't tuna in their tuna sandwich, and they are suing the sandwich shop. So we did our own test to see what's between the bread. Subway. Eat fresh. Court papers say independent testing shows the products are made from anything but tuna and are instead a mixture of various concoctions that have been blended together fresh. to imitate the appearance of tuna. Fresh. Pink slime. Along with the fact that it contains no real pumpkins, other ingredients used to make the PSL. Most notably, Caramel Color 4. This additive was, quote, made with ammonia and considered a carcinogen. People like meat, and that's what we think, what we believe. You can eat meat as much as you want, only it is meat without uh, the use of animals. Would you support changing the dietary guidelines? The, the, yes. You know, the food pyramid, but people yes. are Yes, we do spread meat specifically. Yes, I would. Cockroach milk. It's real, and it's being called the new superfood. Overpopulation and food shortages. A scientist is suggesting maggot sausage as a meat alternative. Sustainable protein production lies with insects and new plant sources. I haven't had real butter since I was a little girl. What'd you get here? A government supply train on its way to Chancellor Sutton. (laughs) Court papers say independent testing shows the products are made from anything but tuna. Where's the beef? Subway's results were so shocking, the team tested them again. So what else is in the meat? Soy. That's according to the DNA testing. Pink slime. Subway. Eat fresh. Without all your smoke and mirrors, no one would stomach this garbage. Welcome back to the Secret Teachings Radio Broadcast. I'm your host, Ryan Gable. Thank you so much for tuning in morning, noon, or night, whenever and wherever you are listening around the world. Contact us at rdgable at yahoo.com, our website, thesecretteachings.info. Why exactly are international organizations, think tanks, media, politicians, and your friendly neighborhood left-wing extremist environmentalist pushing the idea that we should eat bugs and highly processed pseudo-plant-based alternatives to meat and dairy when a simple plant-based meal is not only delicious, if done right, but it is extremely cheap and as much, if not a more sufficient, efficient, and sustainable alternative to all those things that they don't want us to eat anymore. 
Why are we being lied to about nutrition? We're being told, well, plants have more nutrition, sure, so you should eat these highly processed incognito Beyond Burger and Possible Burgers. In other words, why are we being lied to about nutrition through the promotion of plants are good, but here, eat highly processed plants that are stripped of their nutrition? It doesn't make a lot of sense. Hey, let's get rid of nitrogen. Let's get rid of carbon dioxide. With carbon dioxide out of the picture, plants lose water quicker. That means there's more drought. Plants don't grow as fast. If plants don't have nitrogen, they grow slower. They might not grow at all. They also grow less nutritious for animals and for humans. We've literally reached the point of idiocracy. Like tonight, I can tell you I'm no botanist, but I know that if you put water on plants, they grow. I also know that if you expose plants to nitrogen in the soil and in the air, that's the number one thing they absorb, most plants anyway, they grow. They grow really fast. In fact, I know that even though I'm not a botanist, if you expose plants to carbon dioxide, which is their oxygen, then they will produce more and they will produce it quicker. Carbon dioxide helps plants to grow and retain water. Nitrogen helps them to grow quick and nutritious. Why would we want to eliminate those things? And how can we suggest that, well, you should eat plants or you should just eat bugs and these are the best alternatives to meat? I'm sorry, but whether you're a meat eater or you're a plant-based diet advocate, both sides usually have the equation and the solution wrong. Personally, I eat plants. Personally, I'm a plant-based diet advocate, but I can balance that objectively. And I can tell you that there are plenty of people who eat plants and plants alone who are very unhealthy and malnourished. There are also people who eat meat who are, well, they're nourished and they're healthy. So you don't have to eat plants exclusively to be healthy, but if you want to eat meat and be healthy, you're going to have to not eat it three meals a day in 16-ounce, 32-ounce portions seven days a week because that's not going to be good. You're going to end up like those bodybuilders that die at 35 years old. So although you don't need to exclusively eat plants to be healthy, you will need to eat them to balance out the, well, the animal-based diet if that's what you're, you're eating. So everybody's body is different. But everybody's body, although different and although might, it might need certain nutrients more than other nutrients, it is well established. Not my opinion. It is well established, scientifically proven fact that let's use milk, for example. Milk is promoted, and this is how the scam works. This is how marketing and advertising scams work. Milk is promoted as being good for your bones, right? Because milk contains calcium. And, well, of course, calcium is good, right? Don't you want calcium? If you don't have calcium, your bones are really brittle. So they're going to sell you a product that contains calcium. Now, this is like selling burgers at restaurants that they put CBD oil on. Uh, nonsense. 
just, I mean, talk about snake oil, just total nonsense. Uh, they even sell smoothies and shakes at some restaurants or some uh, businesses that is, it's a CBD smoothie. Ooh, a CBD smoothie. Um, worthless, waste, wasteful. You've paid for nothing. If you want something with CBD in it, buy the CBD yourself. It's cheaper than what you're paying at a restaurant for it. They have CBD coffee and CBD tea and CBD burgers and CBD donuts. Everything put CBD on everything. But it's meaningless, just like natural flavor. Natural flavor is meaningless because it could mean anything. Meaningless. So just like natural flavors, just like CBD, we look at calcium. Calcium is something that, yeah, you, I mean, you need calcium, right? But calcium, on average... Calcium is one of those things that, although you need it, if you consume it in milk, it doesn't really do much for you. Because the idea that calcium in milk builds strong bones is based on the criteria that calcium supports bone health. It does, but milk is extremely acidic. And what does acidity do to the body? It depletes minerals from the bones and from the body in general. Our tissues and our blood become more acidic as acid builds in the body. And we know, according to T. Colin Campbell, in the China study, that animal protein increases metabolic acid and draws calcium from the bones. The amount of calcium in the urine is increased. And this isn't just T. Colin Campbell. The study of Osteoporotic Fractures Research Group at the University of California found something very similar. They were able to show that women with higher intakes of animal protein had 3.7 times more bone fractures. They also lost bone nearly four times as quickly. A 2014 study published in the British Medical Journal, you can't get much more prestigious than Yale or the BMJ and even the University of California, San Francisco. I mean, it's a pretty good school. One study published in BMJ, milk intake and risk of mortality and fractures in women and men cohort studies demonstrated that consuming cow's milk did not reduce the rate of broken bones. And for women in particular, milk consumption was actually associated with increased risk of bone fracture. The study's lead author said our results may question the validity of recommendations to consume high amounts of milk to prevent fragility fractures. A higher consumption of milk in women and men is not accompanied by a lower risk of fracture and instead may be associated with a higher rate of of death. Now, this is just one example because milk is acidic. Sure, you can throw CBD in it, you can throw vitamin A in it, you can throw vitamin C in it, you can throw whatever you want in it. I mean, blood's the life force of animals and humans, right? So put some blood in it. I mean, usually you get some blood anyway when you're drinking milk. So it's all natural, right? Do you want to drink that? Some people do. Does it make you flimmy and make it hard to breathe sometimes for some people? Yeah, not just for people that are, you know, anaphylactic, uh, going into anaphylactic shock. Some people are allergic. They don't even know because they're just used to being stuffed up. They're just used to not being able to breathe. And what do you do when you can't breathe? Well, you take drugs. And the drugs are supposed to help the body respond to things that, well, you're allergic to, that you keep drinking, that you keep eating. So just like natural flavor, calcium is a great example. Calcium is good. Yeah, you need calcium. Big thumbs up. But if you drink it in milk, especially when it's like ultra calcium fortified, it doesn't do anything. Most supplements, you just pee them away. It's a waste. You have to get them in their whole plant-based form. 
because there are other nutrients, there are other elements, like for example, in oranges, if you just drink a glass of orange juice, it doesn't really do you any good. In fact, drinking a glass of orange juice probably does more harm than good. You should just drink water if you're going to drink orange juice or cut the orange juice because when you consume that much juice, when you actually eat the orange, you're getting the fiber with it as well. So it's going to process slower in the body. And you're not going to get the same spike in blood sugar as a result. When you drink the orange juice straight with no fiber, it goes right into the blood. Boom. Huge spike. So orange juice is not a healthy product. You can make it healthier by cutting it with water, but for some that defeats the purpose. What's the point? Well, the point is you have to drink the orange juice with the fiber. And adding the pulp back doesn't do anything. You have to eat it in its raw form. And some things you can cook, yes. I'm not saying eating raw. I'm just saying you can cook some things. You don't want to probably cook an orange. Some people might do that. But, you know, eating them in their, in their original form. Now, this is all very simple science. And I'm not advocating for you to eat a raw, raw plant-based diet because I don't even eat a raw plant-based diet. But I want to address a few issues here. One of the issues is people think, well, if you eat a plant-based diet, it's got to be this terrible, disgusting thing. And if you eat a plant-based diet, you're going to lack all these, all these things that your body needs. For example, here's one of the, the claims, and this is all over social media. Vegan diets lack vitamin A, B6, B12, vitamin D, vitamin F, K2, and CLA, uh, carnitine, carnosine, cholesterol, CoQ10, which is laughable that people believe that, uh, creatine, heme iron, saturated fat, and taurine. Uh, so here's the issue with that claim. This is a big thing on the internet. It is true that B12 is not in a vegan diet. It's also true that B12 usually isn't in a meat diet because the soil is so depleted of bacterium that produces the B12 that usually the animals aren't going to be consuming a lot of it. Now, animals could, you know, when we eat the animal, we're, we're certainly going to get certain things that we might not get in the same amount in plants. We're going to get certain things we don't get in plants. But the question is, we might not get those things, but do we need those things? B12, you can supplement if you're choosing to eat quote-unquote vegan. I don't consider myself a vegan because, see, here's the thing with these labels. Vegans eat really bad food. Vegans eat Oreos. Vegans eat marshmallows. V vegans eat, you know, I, sprinkles, but, you know, you probably shouldn't eat sprinkles because they're actually made, and some salts are made with the bone product of animals. So it's really technically not vegan. Gel capsules, capsules made out of, you know, uh, 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 the, the fat of animals or the bones and they boil things down. It's not, it's not vegan. So B12 is not in a vegan diet, but you can get it with supplement. That's the only big issue. However, you know, a lot of people that are also eating meat are also B12 deficient. So you should probably take a B12 supplement as well. The big issue here is vitamin C. Vitamin C is not in meat. You know that vitamin C is not in meat. So when people are like, oh, you don't get the vitamin C if you don't eat the meat. Well, it's not in meat either. So I don't know where you're getting the, I don't know what meat you're getting that has vitamin C in it, but it's, it's not in a meat diet if you're just eating meat. Uh, and besides, you can get it with plants. If you want to try supplements, that's fine, but you can get it with plants. I mean, collard greens, for example, uh, red, yellow, and uh, orange bell peppers. They have more vitamin C than an orange does. But see, the orange industry, I love oranges. I don't particularly like Tropicana, 
but I like oranges. I love, I really love oranges. One of my favorite foods. I'm from Florida, so I'm a big orange guy. I'm a big citrus guy. Uh, limes, lemons, uh, and uh, grapefruits and oranges. Carrot, uh, carrot orange is my favorite orange. Really good. It's like a cross between a grapefruit and an orange. Not genetically modified, naturally crossbred. And uh, I don't agree that oranges are things that you should juice and drink for vitamin C. You can get more vitamin C in a pepper than you can in an orange. So that's one of those things where it's just marketing again. Now, meat eaters and most everyone is deficient in fiber. So that's something you should be worried about. Where do you get your protein? I get it from plants. There's just as much protein in most plants than there is in meat, and you don't even need... What's the cutoff for protein? You don't need hundreds of grams of protein a day. For a healthy man or a healthy woman... It's, it's usually a third or half of what you're consuming on a more meat-based diet. So do you get a lot of protein from plants? Well, not as much as you get from meat per se, depending on the kind of meat and the amount of meat you're eating, but you don't need that much protein. So see, that's the scam. You need calcium, sure, but just adding it to milk doesn't prevent your bones from fracturing. It actually increases the, the chances of the, of the bones fracturing. So just like with oranges, you know, drinking orange juice, like, yeah, there's like some vitamin C. It's not going to be processed the same if you don't eat the orange. And it certainly isn't going to be processed the same, you know, if you're eating, um, you know, eating a, a whole, whole food plant based diet or if you're if you're eating peppers, there's more vitamin C in a pepper than there is in an orange. We don't know these things. I had to learn this. No, but nobody tells us these things. Also. You don't get cholesterol if you don't eat meat. You don't get CoQ10. Well, your body actually makes cholesterol and your body actually makes CoQ10. So you don't need to eat something that contains cholesterol because your body makes enough cholesterol. And when you're eating large amounts of cholesterol, this is when you can get really bad high cholesterol. And especially when it oxidizes, then it becomes bad cholesterol. You don't want that. This is really basic science. Like, I'm not a scientist. I'm not a biologist. I'm not a botanist. But I know if you put water on plants, they grow. Also, you might not get heme iron in a plant because of the blood, but you do get iron in plants. And you don't need these large quantities of heme iron to survive. You just, you need iron. Everybody's a little different, but you need iron. So it's one of those things, again, you need calcium, sure, but drinking calcium milk doesn't do you any good. You need vitamin C, but drinking a giant glass of orange juice doesn't do you any good. And you need cholesterol, but your body makes it. You need CoQ10, but your body makes it. You need iron, but your body absorbs it with plants. And it's outrageous to claim, as is being claimed all over the internet, you only get iron in meat. What are you talking about? Do you know what's in the soil? Do you know what's in the plants? There's iron. So how do you get vitamin D? I don't know how this, this is an internet claim. It's a really popular internet claim. You don't get vitamin D in a plant-based diet. Uh, you don't get it in an animal-based diet either, unless you're living in sunlight. That's where you get the vitamin D. Your body makes the vitamin D with the sunlight. You can take a supplement. How much that works, I don't know. I do take one on occasion, or I used to. I don't now because I live in Tucson. But I used to take one, and it did make me feel less, less tired. It could have been psychosomatic. It could have been psychological. I don't know. Uh, here's another thing. You don't get saturated fat in plants. Well, how much saturated fat do you need? You don't need a lot of saturated fat. And even if you wanted a lot of saturated fat, you can get it in palm oil uh, and coconut oil because coconut oil is almost 100% saturated fat. 
They tell you you can't get vitamin A in plants. Well, that's just simply not true. A simple internet search will show you major scientific, you know, it's basically science one of major scientific publications. Half a cup of spinach has 570 micrograms of vitamin A. Uh, vitamin B6, they say you can't get in plants. Actually, it's literally in bananas, avocados, wheat, germ, etc. It's in the, the, the first thing, the lost leader of any grocery store, the banana. Um, you can't get carnosine in a plant-based diet. Well, uh, carnosine is not essential for the body. And your body forms it from various amino acids. So you don't necessarily need it, plus your body forms it anyway. So these ideas that are being promoted by what feels like an opposition to the the political movement that we should eat bugs and we should eat, you know, processed plant-based foods. And I don't know if it's all from some political or some environmentalist uh, uh, debate between these various sides, but this is this is nonsense. This is this is garbage. This is not science. This is not even pseudoscience. This is just raw lie. That's all that it is. It's just a raw lie. Raw, uncooked, unheated lie. Does your body produce the things they tell you you can't get in plants? A lot of things, yeah. Does your body produce things they say you can only get in meat? Yeah, like cholesterol. Does your body produce vitamin A by itself? Well, no, you need to get the vitamin A, and they say you can't get that in meat. It's actually very simple. Um, spinach has vitamin A, and so many other foods do. Vitamin 6 is found in bananas. So this is just an embarrassment. And it's the reason that people are so confused and so sick. You can't get carnosine. You have to eat a meat to get carnosine. Well, it's not even an essential part of your body. And your body also can form it uh, conform when you're eating uh, the proper foods. When you have certain amino acids in the body, they can form carnosine. So what is the issue here? Why are we being lied to about cheap and even, in my opinion, delicious plant-based foods? Yet something, someone, is pushing alternatives that are highly processed and non-nutritious and bugs. They're pushing highly processed alternatives and bugs. Why are we being lied to about nutrition with the promotion of garbage? Why are we not asking, do we actually need the things we're told we can't get in meat? Why are we not asking, does your body actually produce those things? Can you get them in plants? See, this, this is all just based on fallacy. It's all one big pile of confusion. And everybody's confused. And that benefits, well, it benefits the industry. It benefits the meat industry. It benefits the dairy industry. It benefits the, the egg industry. It benefits... The people that make the plant-based foods. It benefits everybody, meat and plant alike. Meanwhile, I noticed nobody's promoting actual veggie burgers. Nobody's promoting that, well, if you'd like to still eat meat, um, you can, but you probably shouldn't be eating a 60-ounce steak. You know, It's like the steak from, uh, what's that movie called? With John Candy and Dan Aykroyd. Uh, the Great Outdoors. We have to eat the whole steak and all the fat and everything. 
you know, most people, you know, don't need to eat a, a T-bone steak three times a day. You know, I mean, yes, other countries eat meat, but like in Japan, they have small amounts of meat in ramen or, you know, raw, you know, fish and sushi. And, and that's different than just hogging down a giant triple cheeseburger or several. I used to eat like 12 cheeseburgers at once, like tiny McDonald's cheeseburgers. I was a very, and I was, I was actually very fat. I was overweight. I was very unhealthy when I was a kid. I was like 200 something pounds in high school. So this is not a self-help show. It's not a diet show. My question again, I'm going to ask this question again. Why are we being lied to about cheap and, as you'll see in a little bit, very delicious plant-based options in exchange for highly processed alternatives to meat and dairy and in exchange for this idea that we should just eat bugs? Why are we being lied to about nutrition with the promotion of processed garbage? And why are we not asking, do we need those things we're told or not? in a plant-based diet? Do we actually need them? Or does our body produce them like cholesterol? Can you get them in plants? Yeah. So there's some confusion here. And once again, who's benefiting? Well, the meat industry is benefiting from your confusion. You know who else is benefiting? The plant-based food industry is benefiting from your confusion. Because now nobody knows what to do. Do I get a double cheeseburger? Or do I get a McPlant? Do I get incognito? Or do I eat... A regular burger. Hmm. I don't know. You know, maybe your girlfriend, maybe your boyfriend's like, hey, you should eat these plant-based alternatives. It'll save the environment. No, no, it won't. It will not save the environment. In fact, as we looked at the ingredients in the last hour, when you're eating these plant-based uh, burgers, they're not really even plant-based per se. They're highly processed plants or highly processed oils and highly processed salts and fats and other things like that that are compressed into a patty that you eat. You'd be better off eating ground beef from a small farm, which is more sustainable. So what is happening here? What is going on? I'll tell you a little bit more about it when we come back from break. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. I hope that you're enjoying the show tonight. For those of you who have stuck around, I'm so used to people being upset about these shows because they always want to promote, well, you got to eat this or you got to eat that. I'm not telling you to eat this or that or that or this. I'm trying to provide you with a different perspective on this subject and something that actually goes back to the very ancient world and the mystery schools and the secret societies. They actually abstain from alcohol, meat, and even sex or social contact because they believe it made the body impure when they were going to communicate with spirits and the divine. Something, again, we'll talk about when we come back in the next and final segment. This is The Secret Teachings. Stay with us. If anyone can hear this broadcast, I'm still on Earth. This is the frequency of Ground Zero Radio, Ground Zero with Clyde Lewis, and the secret teachings with myself, Ryan Gable. You're listening to The Secret Teachings. For more information on the show or to contact Ryan, visit thesecretteachings.info or email ryan at rdgable at yahoo.com. Hey, this is John Peasy at johnpeasy.com, and I'm here with Ryan Gable from The Secret Teachings. It's The Secret Teachings, one of the homes of the original Super Bowl analysis, airing exclusively five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. If you're interested in all things that include the occult, from witchcraft to voodoo, and from mythology to alchemy, 
then why not check out the book Occult Arcana, complete with hundreds of beautiful images. Maybe you want to look at technology, black goo, UFOs, and demonic pacts made in the entertainment industry. Check out the technological elixir, black goo, transhumanism, and invoking AI. Or if that's not enough and you want a practical look at food, lifestyles and ingredients, even those in your pet food, with free solutions to better health, then check out Food Philosophy. All three of these books are available in softcover or PDF at www.thesecretteachings.info. That's where you can read reviews, see pictures, and even order yours today. Are you intrigued by Paranormal Talk Radio? You'll love the new Paranormal Radio app from TalkStream Live. You'll find a great selection of talk shows covering UFOs, ghosts, strange phenomena, and much more. Download the Paranormal Radio app now and start listening to the very best in Paranormal Talk entertainment, including the network you're listening to right now. The Paranormal Radio app, free in Google Play and the iOS App Store. You could listen to this. And again, you know, people say David has no evidence. David has no evidence. I hate this channel. Or you could listen to The Secret Teachings with myself, Ryan Gable, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. Join us to explore the outer limits of history, symbolism, parapolitics, and more. We'll explore a little bit of everything, but don't take my word for it. I'm kind of like you. I'm a last of a dying breed, a generalist. That's The Secret Teachings, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. This is Kev Baker of The Kev Baker Show, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. Broadcasting from somewhere between the normal and abnormal. A collection of question marks. No reason, no explanation. Just a prolonged nightmare in which fear, loneliness, and the unexplainable walk hand in hand through the shadows. It's The Secret Teachings on Ground Zero Radio. Oh, look, a deli meat. God, I haven't had real butter since I was a little girl. Where'd you get here? A government supply train on its way to Chancellor Sutton. Veggie burgers are here. Nutritious and completely meat-free. Where's the beef? Some hamburger places give you a lot less beef on a lot of bun. If you want to make a clean break from plant-based burgers full of stuff you can't even pronounce, it's easy. Thanks to Light Life. Because I like real food. Made in a kitchen, not a lab. And simple ingredients, I've actually heard of. Where's the beef? Where's the beef? And business is booming globally. The demand for vegan meat exploded by 451% in Europe. If you love ice cream, what about trying something new? Well, these maggots might be just what you're looking for. A company in Cape Town is using black soldier fly lava to make the frozen treats. Almond milk. It's a good source of vitamin D, vitamin E, and calcium. But can it be used as an alternative to cow's milk? Let's find out. Both of these burgers are made from plants and have similar ingredients. The main ingredients in an Impossible Burger are water, soy protein concentrate, coconut and sunflower oil, and natural flavors. What makes Impossible Burgers unique is that they bleed like a real beef burger thanks to the soy lehemoglobin. Beyond Meats Burgers' primary ingredients are water, pea protein, coconut oil, and canola oil. 
Beyond uses beet juice extract to give their burgers a realistic look. Protein alternatives. In the United States, about 6% of people consider themselves vegan. But in 2014, it was only 1%. Nutritious and completely meat-free. Where's the beef? The ocean's dying. Plankton's dying. It's people. Soil and green is made out of people. You gotta tell them! Silent Green is people! We've got to stop them somehow! So, I mean, I'm just saying, you love cheeseburgers. I mean, we all do. I don't know I whether... Mean, you know, from time to try the Beyond the Burger, day, the Impossible yeah. Burger, right? <laughs> but would you support changing the dietary guidelines? To reduce red meat specifically? Yes, I would. I'm Ryan Gable. And this is the Secret Teachings Radio Broadcast. We're being told to eat bugs... But if you're not ready for that, at least alternatives to meat and dairy. Media, philanthropists, the World Economic Forum, they're all pushing highly processed alternatives to meat and dairy. And if you're okay with that, well, you'll be okay eating bugs as well. But my question is, why are we being lied to about nutrition and why are we being lied to about the promotion of this processed garbage where most processed plant burgers beyond beef beyond meat incognito and impossible burgers are as bad or worse than processed meats they're highly processed animal animal alternatives highly processed plants and highly processed garbage oils High calories, low nutrition. It's processed garbage, junk food. When these plant-based burgers, they call them, are bad or worse than processed meats or those meats that you might get from a very sustainable small farm. My question has been for a long time, why not promote veggie burgers and Why not promote plant-based nutrition? Why not promote plant-based cooking? Why not promote plant-based eating? Why promote highly processed, high-calorie, low-nutrition garbage? That indicates that these scientists and policymakers and philanthropists don't care about you. They don't care about the environment, because processing and manufacturing these things are just as unsustainable as any other agricultural-like practice. Specifically those of the animal variety that they hate so badly they want to get rid of. While they can keep their cows, they can keep their meat. You don't get to eat it. You don't get the real butter. They get to keep it. They hate animal agriculture, so let's replace it with, what, highly processed plants and Oils? That's not nutritious. I mean, arguably, in comparison, eating meat might actually be more nutritious than eating these plant-based burgers. Oh, they fortify them with garbage, but that doesn't mean anything. Now, that's for you meat eaters. Eating meat from a small farm, eating meat in general, if it's you know high quality, arguably, if you can define that, might actually be better than eating these processed plant burgers. Personally, I'd probably eat ground beef from a small farmer before I would eat small rancher before. 
Personally, I would eat ground beef from a small farm or small rancher before I would eat these disgusting plant-based burgers. Now, if you like the plant-based burgers, that's fine. Maybe it's just an alternative, but don't think you're saving the world because you eat a plant-based burger once or twice. You know, yeah, it might get you laid on a date. Just try the burger. Try. I mean, come on. If we're going to be together, you're going to have to not eat a lot of meat. I can't stand to be around meat and you eat it so you can, you know, you can, you get laid. I mean, I've known people that, that, that are like that. Like, I'll just, I'll eat plants if, you know, the girl wants me to eat plants just so I can have sex. Like, I mean, for some people, it's a political thing. For some people, it's a personal thing. For some people, it's a gaslighting thing. You'll do whatever you can to to appease the audience, to appease the crowd, which is all McDonald's is doing. Now we got plant-based burgers. But did you stop the horrific practices? For, then it doesn't, the, the meat production, then it doesn't matter if you're selling McPlants. But then again, that's, that's for the meat eaters. For the people that eat plants, let's, let's look at it this way. Um, why are veggie burgers and plant-based nutrition and cooking and eating not promoted? Why not promote how cheap it is to eat this way? A lot of confusion. I mean, the people will tell you, oh, it's expensive. No, it's not actually. It's, it's very cheap. But you have to know what to do. Why are we not asking these questions? Why are we allowing internet memes and media to share these misleading ideas, these false ideas that, well, you either have to eat meat to get all the nutrients you need, which is not true and absolutely absurd, anti-science and, and, and ignorant, or you have to eat plants, but that, for a lot of people, means you're a vegan, which means you eat Oreos. Uh, if you're just eating Oreos, you're just eating baby carrots, you're probably going to be malnourished. And if you're just eating meat and large amounts of meat and duck fat and things like that, you're probably going to be malnourished. Why are we not asking these questions? Do you actually need cholesterol? Yeah, you need cholesterol. Can you get it from animal products? Absolutely. But does your body make cholesterol? Yeah, it does. So you don't need to eat animal products to get cholesterol. Some, some of these internet memes and these ideas are, are circulating social media suggesting that you can't get vitamin A or vitamin B6 from plants which is the most absurd thing I think I've ever heard in my life. Vitamin E is in spinach. Vitamin B6 is in bananas and avocados. Um, where do you think the animals get their nu nutrients from? They eat the plants. So then we get these ideas of like, well, oranges are good for you because they have vitamin C. I love oranges. I'm from Florida. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a citrus guy, but uh, I can tell you that eating an orange is not going to give you the same amount of vitamin C as a bell pepper. And if you think, well, I'll drink orange juice, that's good. Well, not really, because if you don't eat it in its whole plant-based form with the fiber, then you're not going to get, you know, anything but a blood sugar spike. People ask you all the time, where's your, where's your protein at? Well, you get protein in plants. In fact, you get so much protein in plants that you, you can get all that you need. You don't need, you know, hundreds of... Hundreds and 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 hundreds, maybe thousands of grams of protein a day. It's ludicrous. You'll die. You you don't need all that. What? How much protein do you actually need? How much do you need? Hundreds or thousands of grams? No, it's actually somewhere. I mean, depending on the individual, it's like fifty grams a day. They put a high limit on it 
to appease the meat industry, but it's it's like 50, and that's a high number of grams of protein a day. So do you need protein? Yes, you do need protein. But how much do you need? Well, you only need like 50 grams. Can you get that from plants? Absolutely. A bowl of oatmeal, brown rice, and broccoli, and you're, you're well on your way. And that's where diversity comes in. People ask me, where do you get your protein? I ask them, where do you get your fiber? 97% of the American public are deficient in fiber. This is probably one of the major reasons why we have so many digestive issues in this country. It's like virtually everybody you meet. Everybody's got some gastrointestinal issue. I'm not saying every issue is caused by lack of fiber, but fiber, you know, not having fiber is probably not a good thing. In fact, it's not a good thing, okay? You need fiber. Calcium's good for you, but drinking it in milk is, well, it's not good because milk is highly acidic. Milk will actually whether you're looking at Yale University or the University of California, San Francisco, or the British Medical Journal, they'll all show you that milk is so acidic it actually strips calcium from the body. Do you need supplements? Like, well, vitamin D supplement, probably a good thing if you don't get any sunlight, but do you have to take a supplement to be healthy? Absolutely not. In fact, most people that take supplements are very unhealthy. You can't just eat Oreos and marshmallows and be like, I'm a vegan, I don't eat animals. Most vegans are vegan because of philosophical reasons, moral reasons. They're not vegan because of nutritional reasons. So can supplements help? Sure, you'd B12 supplement, for example, but vitamin D supplement, yeah, but do you have to have it? Not necessarily, and most supplements are just expensive pee. In fact, most supplements, large percentages of supplements aren't even, they're not even what they say they are. They don't contain anything that they say they contain. It's major studies on, on supplements. It's just expensive pee is all that it is. So this might seem like an idea that is, that is relatively new. Like, man, I don't eat meat. I just eat plants, and I'm saving the environment, man. Well, not really. In fact, most of the plants and things that you eat today are just as highly processed, just as bad for the environment, quote-unquote, than if you were eating and supporting meat, depending on how much you eat, because you know, I guess depending on how much you eat would contribute to how much of the, um, the quote-unquote pollution you're responsible for, right? Which is a really, really, it, it, it's, it's like genetic guilt. It's, it's, uh, it's like a struggle session. You have to, you know, I'm guilty of being a human. I'm guilty of polluting. I'm guilty of breathing. I'm guilty of eating meat. I'm guilty. It's, it's, a, it's a struggle session. So where do these ideas come from? Why, why exactly would our ancestors abstained from meat, abstained from sex, abstained from alcohol. Well, for one, alcohol is believed to contain actual spirits. That's why they call it spirits. So you don't want that inside your body preventing you from meditating, preventing you from praying, preventing you from thinking and expressing your ideas and writing, thinking, uh, preventing you from being able to, to commune with the divine. So you don't want to drink alcohol. You also don't want to eat meat because meat brings you to an animalistic level that is far removed from the spiritual. And likewise, sex, a beautiful thing, it's also very animalistic, and for all intents and purposes, it's dirty. You don't want to do that when you're about to commune with the divine. So magicians and uh, philosophers and others would abstain from alcohol, sex, and meat in order to commune with the divine or communicate with spirits or whatever they were trying to do. These were magicians, these were philosophers, these are you know secret societies, uh, pharaohs, uh, priests, etc. 
I'm not romanticizing these mystery schools, by the way. I'm just saying that this, this is the idea. This is why they did it. So then the question becomes, okay, alcohol, sex, and meat, they abstain from these things. Uh, did it have any uh, effect? Well, maybe on some people it did. Maybe on some people it didn't. I, I don't really know. I, I can tell you, I don't drink you know, alcohol, and the few times I have, I feel weird. And that could be psychosomatic. It could be, could be for a lot of reasons. And I don't mean weird like the alcohol makes me feel weird. I mean weird like I just feel like I shouldn't be drinking it. Personally, I don't like alcohol. You like alcohol? I don't really give a damn. That's not the point. But for my personal views in my, let's call them spiritual practices, I, I abstain from alcohol. I abstain from meat for a lot of reasons. Spiritual reasons, moral reasons, philosophical reasons, occult reasons. And I think it's really expensive. And here's a little tip for you. Sometimes people just don't eat meat because they don't like the taste of it. I'm one of those people. I don't like the taste of meat. That's my opinion. And I did not get bit by this new East Coast tick, which makes you allergic to meat. Wouldn't be surprised if that was modified in a lab. It's already congressional investigation into Lyme disease and ticks. I wouldn't be surprised if this new tick is, makes you allergic to meat. Red meat in particular is, is some genetic uh, abomination made in a laboratory. So with all that considered... We look back into the ancient world, we find that in these magical practices, uh, purification is a necessity. Whether it's your ink and your pen, or the wax of a candle, or the parchment, or the incense, all things have to be cleansed. Washing the body is an expression of cleansing the soul, and it's perhaps the most important action we can take uh, besides you know, abstaining from any form of sexual contact, including masturbation. You've got to keep your body pure in these magical practices. In fact, for those of you who are fans of the Bible, Isaiah 116, wash you, make you clean, put away the evil of your doings from before mine eyes, cease to do evil. Now, that's pretty straightforward. You believe in the Bible and it's the word of God, then, I mean, you should probably take care of yourself and cleanse yourself, especially before you go into the presence of God. Matthew 25, 42, for I was hungered, and ye gave me no meat. I was thirsty, and ye gave me no drink. Not water, but alcohol. We, we have to understand that alcohol and meat and, well, cleanse yourself of impurities. This all allows you to connect with spirit, with God. Washing the body is symbolic of cleansing the soul, and washing the external and the internal Includes the mind, Isaiah 116, again, wash you, make you clean, put away the evil of your doings from before mine eyes. If you go back into the occult teachings, I have this information in my book, Occult Arcana. Uh, initiation into the ancient mysteries of the priests of Egypt. A reproduction in Manly P. Hall's The Lost Keys of Freemasonry. That say an initiate into the mysteries would be placed, quote, on a particular diet. And that diet would direct the individual to use only certain foods. Quote, such as vegetables and fish. So they did eat fish. Wine was allowed, quote, but after his initiation, this restriction was relaxed. So only after initiation were you able to drink the wine. The initiate was compelled, quote, to pass several months imprisoned in a subterranean vault, abandoned to his reflections. He was allowed to write 
his thoughts. He was then strictly examined to ascertain the limit of his intelligence and understanding. The flesh is carnivora. Carnivora is considered unwholesome to most initiates and to a lot of people today due to the savage instincts it is associated with. So it's interesting, a lot of vegans don't eat meat for moral and philosophical reasons, some for spiritual reasons, that all oh, it's the negative energy, but the negative energy, that Sedona language, is not so woo-hoo-woo-hoo and woo-woo and whatever when you realize that you're actually talking about magic. You're talking about natural sympathies. People don't eat meat because the savage instincts of an animal would be transferred to the individual. That's interesting, I think. If you go back into the, um, the writings of Euripides, the initiates of the secret cults or cultists of Jupiter in Crete touch no flesh or meat, and in a chorus addressed to King Minos, the priest spoke, quote, I eat nothing which has been animated by the breath of life. The initiates of Ulysses refrained from domestic birds, fish, and certain plant foods, and again, in, including certain plant foods, like beans, peaches, and apples. Eliphaz Levi says, they abstained also from intercourse with a woman in childbed as well as during her normal periods. And there's certain reasons for that because of the quote-unquote purity. So the whole idea here is to purify the body and mind. That includes abstaining from sex and masturbation, abstaining from, abstaining from alcohol or spirits, and abstaining from meat because of the association, which is the sympathetic magic, the association with animal nature. You're trying to elevate yourself out of the animalistic state, slaying the animal and committing the human sacrifice as Jesus did on the cross in order to obtain uh, uh, absolution and uh, connection with spirit and divinity. This is why people did this. Now, these are all things that in the ancient world were conducted to keep the body and the mind healthy. These are also things that mainstream mainline science have shown us today likewise do the same thing. A study came out in 2022, earlier this year, can a plant-based diet help mitigate COVID-19? The Global Burden of Disease study showed that low fruit, vegetable, and whole grain consumption, and in contrast, high red and processed meat consumption, are currently among the main global risks. The funny thing is, we've only been told to not eat meat and to not eat animal products because we're trying to save the environment. Nobody is telling you not to eat meat products to prevent you from getting sick with COVID-19. Ah, I find that to be interesting because the same people who are not telling us to eat meat because of COVID-19 are the same people telling us we should eat highly processed oils and fats and plants that are just stripped of their nutrition like white bread in order to find alternatives to meat when there's plenty of alternatives, uh, veggie burgers, for example. You can even make them yourself. Why is nobody telling us about a plant-based diet mitigating COVID-19 or why virtually all the people that have been, well, supposedly killed from the virus, which is not true. 95% of them died of other things, four additional comorbidities, according to the CDC. Most of those people were deficient in vitamin D, like 80-something percent of them. So vitamin D is pretty important. Where do you get your protein? Uh, where do you get your vitamin D at? That's the question. Where do you get your protein? Where do you get your fiber at? Dude, you've got so much protein, you don't know, your body doesn't know what to do with it. You need fiber. 
okay? You also need vitamin D. You need vitamin C. Well, what about cholesterol? What am I going to cholesterol? You get, your body makes cholesterol. These are all just big fallacies. Here's another study on diet quality and risk of severity of COVID-19. A dietary pattern characterized by healthy plant-based foods was associated with lower risk and severity of COVID-19. We found evidence of a synergistic association of poor diet and increased socioeconomic deprivation with COVID-19 risk that was higher than the sum of the risk associated with each factor alone. Why has the media not told you this? Even Alex Jones, who is a huge proponent of meat, even Alex Jones is telling his audience, and not just because of supplements, Alex Jones is telling his audience, you need vitamin D, and you need to have a diet balanced in proper nutrition. I've heard Alex Jones say, I'm thinking, even Alex Jones, the big meat guy, is promoting, you still need to eat things that are nutritious and eat plants in order to, well, to not get sick from COVID-19. Here's another one, plant-based diets. Pescatarian diets of COVID-19 severity. In six countries, plant-based diets or pescatarian diets were associated with lower odds of moderate to severe COVID-19. So literally... Literally, literally, plant-based diets are better to prevent and mitigate COVID-19 than vaccines. You know how I know that? It's not in those studies. It's because all these new variants override the vaccine. They don't do anything. The vaccine does not prevent you from getting sick. It does not prevent you from getting severely sick. It's just a big fallacy. It's a big lie. But the scientific literature shows eating plants actually does prevent you from getting sick. It's amazing. Going back to the late 90s into the early 2000s, one of the most important studies ever published in medical nutrition literature, intensive lifestyle changes for reversal of coronary heart disease. I know people don't like to hear it. Oh, don't tell me. Don't tell me to eat plants. Okay, well, I'm not. What I'm saying is Dr. Dean Ornish and a number of other doctors conducted a test on lifestyle changes the reversal of coronary heart disease, what they found was the following. More regression of coronary atherosclerosis occurred after five years than after one year in the experimental group. In contrast, in the control group, coronary atherosclerosis continued to progress and more than twice as many cardiac events occurred. On a plant-based diet, they were able to change heart disease and reverse it. That's coronary heart disease reversed through diet. This study has never been retracted. This study has never even really been addressed by people who are huge proponents of eating everything but a plant-based diet because you cannot argue with the science. So you spread misinformation like, well, you got to get protein and cholesterol from meat. Well, yeah, but plants have protein and your body makes cholesterol. Where's your fiber at, bro? Healthful and unhealthful plant-based diets and the risk of coronary heart disease in U.S. adults. Another investigation in 2017. Plant-based diets are recommended for coronary heart disease prevention. However, they say, and this is important, not all plant foods are necessarily beneficial for health. Exactly. It's not a black and white subject. And we have to stop treating it like a black and white subject. Another huge study, the BROAD, B-R-O-A-D, the BROAD study, published in 2016. This program led to significant improvements in body mass index, cholesterol, and other risk factors. To the best of our knowledge, this research has achieved greater weight loss at 6 and 12 months than any other trial that does not limit energy intake or mandate regular exercise. In other words, you want to lose weight and you want to be healthier, 
and you don't want to have to limit what you're eating and you don't even want to really exercise, a plant-based diet is where it's at. You can eat, although not all plants are you know, necessary for health and some plants aren't necessarily that good for you, but you know, that's hard to kind of find, especially if you eat a lot of them. The broad study showed that if you want to lose weight, you don't want to exercise, and you don't want to limit what you're eating, a plant-based diet's the way to go. You can eat as much as you want. And you probably should have a little bit of exercise, but you know, it's not necessarily going to make much of a difference. You know, calorie in, calorie out is it's not the same when you're eating calorie, 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 and you're not getting you know the nutrients you need. Then there's the China study. And uh I actually spoke to a personal trainer one time a long time ago. I got this uh, gym membership a couple like six years ago. And uh, this gym uh, trainer, they gave me a free session and he's like, so what's your diet like? And I was, I told him, I was like, I just, I'm just plant-based and that can be dangerous. Where are you getting your protein? I was like, well, I get it from the plants. You're a, you're a nutrition expert. You should know that. So we didn't get along that well. (laughs) And this guy said, he's like, where do you get your information from? And I said, well, I, a lot of places, um, Dean Ornish's uh, coronary heart disease reversal study, which means that if you can reverse coronary artery, coronary heart disease with a plant-based diet, you can also magically prevent it with a plant-based diet, uh, reverse it with a plant-based diet. I said, I, I know a lot of uh, good research came out of uh, uh, Cornell University, uh, Oxford University, uh, and the China study. And the guy says, the China study, that's been debunked. Maybe some of you were thinking that. And I thought, debunked how's it been debunked see they call it the china study but it comprises hundreds of little tiny sub studies and probably i think millions of data points uh it's not you what what do you mean it's debunked Uh, that's like saying i had somebody tell me one time the hillary clinton emails were debunked and i said which ones they said all of them i said well which ones name all of them uh, well, it's just been debunked. Well, how do you know it's been debunked? Well, that's what they said. Who said that? They. Who said that? Her campaign. Well, of course her campaign said they're debunked. <laughs> it's, just, it's just ridiculous. The bottom line is plant-based lifestyles can reverse and prevent heart disease. Plant-based diets over and over again have been shown to be able to do this to also prevent you from getting sick with COVID-19. And if you don't want to exercise a lot, you don't want to reduce your food intake, you can eat as much food as you want as long as it's plant-based and you don't have to exercise a lot and you can still lose weight and you can still get in shape and you can still be healthy. Now, everybody's different. I am not telling you that I'm not giving advice tonight for legal reasons. I'm just not giving you advice because I, um, I just want you to have the information. You can make the decision for yourself. You go to the store, you see MSG. MSG could mean a thousand different things. Natural flavor can mean a thousand different things. No added sugar. That's just a deceptive way to conceal the overall content. That could be honey. It could be other forms of crystalline substances. It could be whatever. There still could be sugar added, alternatives to sugar, etc. You have to read labels. Gluten-free, what does that mean? Do you have celiac disease? Are you intolerant? Do you need to be eating gluten-free? What is no trans fat or reduced sodium? Reduced sodium still means you could be eating more sodium than you need to be eating. We need to understand these things. I have a book called Food Philosophy. If you're interested in it, a little bit of what we talked about tonight is in that book. Otherwise, if you have any questions or comments, you can email the show at rdgable at yahoo.com. TheSecretTeachings.info is the website. I really hope that you enjoy tonight's broadcast and you got something out of it. Please support our sponsors, Pro and Water Filters. Please 
check out our website and subscribe to our full show archive. Grab a copy of one of my books. If you don't support the show, we're not here Monday through Friday, 10 p.m. to midnight Pacific after Ground Zero and Clyde Lewis. If you haven't subscribed to Clyde's archive yet, I'd highly recommend you do that as well. Again, rdgable at yahoo.com, thesecretteachings.info, facebook.com forward slash thesecretteachings, and tst underscore underscore radio. Stay safe, stay informed, and as always, stay healthy. That's why I always end the show on that. Stay healthy. And we'll talk to you on the next broadcast. <laughs>